Welcome back to another episode of the Strozzi Football Podcast. I'm Anthony McGuire and on this week's podcast we talk all things SPFL as we've uh, had a few rounds of fixtures since the last time we've we've spoke. Um, a few controversial refereeing decisions to analyse. Um, we've got Europa League action tomorrow night, or tonight actually. Um, Rangers away to Lyon. Are the fans going? Are they not going? They are going. They're not going. What's going on there? Uh, and Celtic with a dead rubber against Real Betis at home. Richards, back from your summer slash winter holidays in Scotland. How are you? I'm great. I don't actually got to see some football live, like in stadiums with people and stuff. I dodged the bullet, I have to say, um, by not getting to my um, little Dundee United. I've um, it rained in only the way it can rain on November nights in Scotland, <laughs> and uh, and so I, while Tony Watt scored scored a worldie uh, that particular evening, I was glad. Uh, oh, oh, the, the comeback of the cash turnstile as well. You could actually rock up to that game to the way section and pay cash or I think it was a ticket booed by the I can't remember by the gate I didn't go um, but the, the return of the cash turns to how exciting um, so I saw that I saw uh, South against Hearts and I saw Rangers against Dundee of all things so uh, it's been good it's gone back and done the proper research on the ground listening to the people over there so it was good fun well, you, but aye we missed you, the Europa League I've missed you I've missed you so much where have you been in my life tell me what uh, you want to talk about Oh, well, I mean, where, where do we start? Well, we may as well start with Motherwell, uh, the, the Jekyll and Hyde Motherwell. Um, yeah, I, I I can't quite figure it out. Like, you know, if tipping-wise, you'd be, you'd be scratching your heads, like, big time. Um, Didn't we do so get, well with those last tips, those last tips that we just confidently said, yeah, Motherwell, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, managed to go east the road and yeah. But, yeah, well, yeah, but they managed to go Easter Road and get a one each draw against Hibs. I mean, not that that's much shake. Yeah. Hibs haven't won at home in, in about nearly three months. So, but mm. still, you know, it's like on, on paper, you'd say, oh, yeah, possibly, yeah, Hibs should get a win here. Go there and get a draw. But then they get done at 3-0, just can't, can't quite figure it out. But then as far as like, you know, league positions and all the rest of it, they're currently sitting in fifth. So it's just... Yeah, it's bonkers yeah. to to coin yeah, a phrase. It's bonkers. So, so that that Tony Watt worldy. Tony Watt's the top scorer in the league. Uh, he's got nine goals in all, um, <clears throat> just in league competition. So, he's got a fabulous goal um, curled from the left, uh, outside of the box into the far corner. Just a beautiful goal. Um, and then you know, being beaten that that three nine I was referring to was when they get pumped by Dundee. Which um, yes. we'd all seen coming, of course, and you did. You did refer to them as being which chocolate we're going to get that day. Um, <laughs> but I know, fair enough. And, and Hibs, who um, just as we came to air, uh, finished against Livingston and have been beaten again with two players sent off actually late in the game. I think, uh, yeah, McGinn I just, uh, and can't I didn't see the last one. I think. Well, I think the second. I can't. I actually don't know. I haven't done the second red card. We'll find out in two seconds. We'll be all let you know. Um, but that's Livingston beating Hibs. So. Hibs seventh defeat in nine. Paul 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 Hanlon was the other one getting sent off two yellow right. cards. Right. Um, yeah, I was trying to get some footage, but there was nothing up on the social media channels this morning. Uh, we're, a little, we're a little bit too early for the <laughs> for, yeah. for that to be uploaded yet. But uh, yeah, big big win for Livingston. So that really takes them, I think, six points off bottom. Um, so that's really opened up a bit of a gap between them and. Yeah. And Ross County, so that Ross County, who haven't been doing that badly themselves, but just can't can't keep up with the, the teams above them. But yeah, Hibs, 
Jack Ross, he'll be scratching his head. Um, a few accusations by some of the BBC pundits that some of the Hibs players were keeping themselves for the cup final. Um, mm. That isn't going to fly for another two and a half weeks or whatever it is, a fixture yeah. still to come. So, yeah, um, yeah there was a sense of a lack of urgency in Hibs' play was the criticism. So I think Livingston just wanted it a little bit more in the Tony Macaroni arena. Yeah, I mean, our, our research is usually pretty intensive, but it does not extend to us getting up at half three in the morning to watch a game at the Tony Macaroni. Sorry, guys. We will do it on occasion, but just not on the mid- kind of December. And well, no, it's not going to happen, especially when there's like 15 games between now and the end of December. Um, do you know what? Interesting. Okay, so Ange Postacoglu uh, press conference during the night, uh, Australian time, saying that Jota is going to be out of the said League Cup final. So there's another one to watch in that particular space. I don't want to jump around too much, but Hibs are in trouble. Uh, they're now both, they're firmly rooted in the second half of the table. Now three points behind Aberdeen. Remember the time when we said that Aberdeen would catch up on them and be the same points after Hibs's glorious start? Well, it's been reversed. Aberdeen now in sixth. A couple of decent results for them. They've played 17. They're on 21 points. Uh, I saw them beat St Mirren 4-1. Uh, with Christian Ramirez, who has been taken to the heart of the Aberdeen fans and is another top scorer in the league this season. Yeah, no, he's looking, he looks the goods when he gets the service. And I think Marley Watkins definitely has also stepped up a bit as well. So um, Aberdeen just starting to maybe turn a bit of a corner, maybe. It's probably still a bit early to say, but they seem to be just starting to click a little bit. I, as you say, St. Mern somehow sit on 17 points. I don't know how they've managed those 17 points, but they obviously scrapey do draws here and there. Um, But yeah, but as you say, they're now two points above Hibs. They've stuck in a sixth spot. Um, You know, slowly but surely, the wheels are are starting to turn up to Dodri. Did we talk about um, Funzo Ojo and the incident against the D-United? Yes, we did. Yes, we we did. 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 Uh, did. So, so yeah, yeah. and we'll we'll come back as well because we've got a wee bit of Callum Butcher chat to add to that um, in the the aftermath. But yes, Uh, I was going to say that Aberdeen doing very well, apart from the clearance that bounced off Callum McGregor at Celtic Park. Oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, on one hand, a bit unfortunate. On the other hand, I think um, Callum McGregor had a shot that um, that uh, Ramirez sort of wore right on the face, and um, so you know, another day that one goes in, and uh, yeah, and obviously that was a bit of an a bit of an awkward, unlucky bounce for Aberdeen fans to sort of uh, break the deadlock in that match. But um, yeah, but like I say, sometimes you you get a little bit of a little bit of luck, but you know, a few people out there saying that Celtic's getting a bit of luck this weather. Um, a 1-0 a winner against Hearts. I know we're jumping around all over the place, but it seems to roll into that one. Um, you were there, Richard, live. You were yep. the other end, I believe. Um, yep. It was a pulsating encounter, I believe. It was quite... A great um, game. Yeah, yeah, a great game. And, and and a really enjoyable game to watch. It was pretty even um, throughout. And, and, the, and the result, well, 1-0 is as, as tight as it suggests. Um, you know, the, the, the Kyogo flash of brilliance really kind of coming from from not very much it would have appeared um and there's been lots of consternation uh, in in uh, the scottish press about whether or not it was offside and uh we know that robbie nielsen wasn't too happy about the fact that the referee cost some decisions but barry mckay had a good game uh, very unlucky not to score late on in the game for hearts hearts were very good in the second half couple of Decent chances that um, you would have thought they might have taken. But then at the other end, Celtic had a couple of chances as well. And I have to say, John Suter, uh, a couple of times, really put himself on the line. 
Uh, and again, a couple of decent saves from Craig Gordon, who continues to, you know, pretty much sort everything that's thrown at him. So, yeah, it was a very good result and, and a big reception from the Celtic fans because I think they were really... Uh, they were. They obviously knew that they were going to lose touch with Rangers, who had been, uh, I think, a little bit fortunate to beat Hibs the night before. They were kind of huffing and puffing a wee bit, and then Ryan Porteous, um, for all that he'd had his kind of post-match Hibs interview, saying, "Did he look happy?" Put his foot in, uh, and Ryan Kent did the needful by tripping over uh, Ryan Porteous's said foot. I, when I first saw it, I, I first saw it, I didn't think it was a penalty. And then so, sort of second time, I thought, oh, yes, contact with the foot. That, that, you know, you would take that every day. And the uh, penalty tucks away by Joe Rebo. So a uh, decent result for Rangers there who remain top of the league. Um, any particular thoughts on either of those games? I, I actually, I, I thought Celtic Hearts was very enjoyable. Uh, Rangers-Hibs was a wee bit of a kind of huff and puff affair. But, you know, it was one of those games that Rangers just had to win and their fans were delighted at the end of that. Yeah, look, I mean, I, yeah, Ryan Portis can't have too many complaints. I mean, it was it was a soft penalty, but it was still a penalty. Either way, you, you don't dive in like that. I don't know why he just wouldn't stand up. But, um, yeah, he's culpable for a mistake pretty much every time he plays Rangers. The the When they beat them in yeah. the League Cup semi, yeah. he has his bad clearance that led to Rangers' goal. Um, time before that, he was sent off at Ibrox. So he's got track record of giving Rangers a, a guilt-ed chance um, at least once every time they play each other. So, And he's come out in the media since and said he's not going to change the way he plays. But yeah, I mean, Maybe that's... Maybe he should. I think it's very limited, it's very limited his, his career options if he doesn't sort of eradicate those sort of mistakes from his game. But um, but yeah, Rangers, yeah, well, I suppose you'd say a bit fortunate because they were, um, it was, like you say, it was very... Um, Huff and puff is probably the right description of that match. Um, they, they thumped Dundee 3 0, some chronic defending from some of the Dundee um, players. Oh, like a couple of own goals. Third goal in particular, and, yeah, oh, painful to watch. Yeah. Pit, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be doing that. And I felt sorry for the for the, keep, for the goalkeeper because he had like about three or four excellent saves at, at nothing each to sort of keep Dundee in it. Um, yeah. And then there was even one where Lee Griffiths, he's hit it off the. The post that's bounced back, hit Alan McGregor flush in the face, and if it was anybody else that went in the back of the net, but it sort of bounced wide. It was quite comical to watch, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so Rangers just finding a way at the moment. Um, the the loss of Steven Gerrard and the installation of uh, Gianni Van Bronckhorst seems to have gone smoothly enough. They got the result in Europe that they needed as well. Um, so that they was good just, to watch, actually. Yeah. Uh, they scored yeah. a really a cracking second goal, and Alan McGregor had a decent game in the in the, uh, in the Europa League against Sparta Prague. Um, I don't know if you saw some of the goalkeeping at the end. Or I think it was a wee bit uncertain whether or not you know. I think if Sparta had scored one goal, they still were going to take it to the final day. Uh, and I think McGregor uh, in the last sort of last few minutes of the game, like a kind of succession of saves. Um, very quickly together, so kept them uh, kept them clean sheet and and two 0 and through. So yeah, yeah. Now look, so you know, I mean, he's still a he's still a, a, a very good goalkeeper. I guess we just haven't necessarily seen those performances week in week out, but he's obviously still very much capable of doing them. And and that was just the other thought that I had before is that you know a lot of heart success are built on these one 0 wins, and it's usually Craig Gordon pulling three or four. Very, yeah. very good saves, and the same against Livingston. Like he got absolutely pounded. Yes. There was like four, four attempts on goal, 
and then he sort of stood up and just absolutely bollocked his defense because it's like well like what the hell like you know he was just peppered managed to keep it out and then like say Liam Boyce coming in the second half um and and strolling a, a, a neat a neat finish um, but yeah, living hearts heart success this season is is built around Craig Gordon and goals, and I yeah obviously John Suter's back now as well, so that helps as well. But I do think that um, he he has made a massive difference, and his saves at the moment are you know you say say use the term world class, but he's uh, he's at the top of his game, and at his age, yeah. that's quite quite impressive. Going to touch briefly on, uh, I know we wandered a wee bit around around Al McGregor there. Uh, Rangers were going off to the Europa League to to play against Leon this evening. I think they're, uh, I think it's been kind of uh, prefaced that they're going to have a, a largely second string team going out there. But Leon said that they could bring their fans, and then they said no, you can't. And then Rangers cancelled a a charter flight that they'd arranged to take some of their uh, extended team and fans over. And uh, and then Leon said uh, overnight, actually, that they can come to the game, which is a bit strange. Leon have just been docked points in the French League um, because uh, Mr. Payet of Marseille, who was peppered by the Nice fans earlier in the season, it was also hit by a bottle by the Leon fans, so they've been docked points in the French League. So, you know, I, I can understand why Leon would probably want to limit the possibility of there being any argy-bargy. Uh, Rangers fans not particularly renowned for their restraint uh, of, of late, I think it's fair to say, given the George the George Square celebrations following the, the, the league win. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Anthony? Well, they used, the reason they initially said that they couldn't come was because of some festival that was going on in Leon. Uh, in the town at the time so they said no that, that was the reason and then they reneged on that so hard to say like I think you've probably sort of summed it up there if if Leon have had their own fan troubles um and Rangers are, you know haven't exactly supporters haven't exactly covered themselves in glory of late like you say some some of this you know overzealous celebrations and whatnot you know maybe they are trying to subtly trying to preempt it and just sort of say well better if they don't come but then they probably went well we might face sanctions from UEFA for not allowing fans in without a valid reason so then they've changed their mind after you know presumably quite a few Rangers fans would have cancelled um, hotels and flights and you know so you're going to find that Rangers will be bringing a very diminished support it won't be the full 2,200 that they were allocated so I guess that's their uh, Leon's way of sort of getting what they want without, um, you know, putting a hard ban on and saying, "Oh, you you, you can't come in," sort of thing. So, um, yeah, bit 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 odd. I mean, Leon's not traveling that well in League One. I've had a bit of a look here. They're sitting currently sitting twelfth, um, and that's I don't think that's not including the, the points that they've been docked because, um, well, maybe but six wins, five draws, um, and. Yeah, so they're, they're sitting yeah. on 23 points. They're well off the pace in terms of... Well, um, lots of argy-bargy in the French division at the moment. I think a lot of the fans kind of like civil unrest almost by them yeah. since they've let the fans back into the stadium. And it's, and it's really causing them quite a few problems in terms of reduced capacities. And, uh, and, and you know, this is the first occasion where there's been um, points docked, to my knowledge. We'll follow up on that. Yeah. Um, 
coming back to there's no crisis at Rangers really that that kind of whole transition piece with Giovanni Braun Bronckhorst has gone very well and so you know immediately qualifying through into the, the round of 32 for the Europa League uh, going well in the league uh, the league table as it stands Rangers top fifth, uh, 16 games 39 points the goal difference of 22 Celtic still with a superior goal difference of 26 on 35 points from their 16 games and then it's Hearts behind them on 30 Dundee United on 25 Muller on 25 Aberdeen 21 in the top 6 uh, Dundee United let's talk about them for a minute Callum Butcher um uh, they were okay so I'm going to blend about Dundee United anyway uh, they were well beaten by Motherwell they were even better they were even more well beaten by Celtic who played them off the park uh, Tom Rogic I have to say a contender for a goal of any season uh, absolute beauty uh, and then probably one of the worst tackles I've seen in the league for a good wee while uh, Callum Butcher who's just come back from a suspension for flicking his hand into the gonads of um, uh, Christian Ramirez a uh, two-game ban for that, and then came back from the bench uh, against Celtic and promptly uh, launched his right foot, straight-legged studs up into the shin of David Turnbull. Now, he earned himself a yellow card at the time, and the SPFL indicated that he was going to be uh, seen as a kind of question of whether he was likely to receive a greater punishment and now with the review panel of three ex-referees it was decided that he did have a case to answer. He's decided not to go and appeal that and go through that process and has accepted a three-game ban. So I'm not sure that that um, Thomas Courts will be um, giving him a big warm hug and feeling all kind of touchy-feely about you, Callum, after the last sort of disciplinary run. Any particular thoughts, Anthony, on those chains of events? Well, I was just trying to say that is a very aptly named surname there, Butcher, because I mean that was the uh, the extent of the tackle. I mean, it was, it's it was horrendous. I mean, I watched it live and I went, "Oh, that's a that's a red card." I mean, that the way he's lunged in there, and obviously the, the the initial camera angle doesn't really do it justice. It's when you see the reverse angle and you see a how high up the tackle is, straight legged, and where it hits. Um, David Turnbull on the leg. It's lucky that he didn't have his foot planted on the ground. Otherwise, that is a leg-breaking challenge any day of the week. And how the referee didn't see that at the time, yeah, it's questionable. Um, it's one of these ones where I was under the impression that if the referee punishes the, the, the challenge at the time, sees it and punishes it then you can't retroactively punish it again that that was yeah, my understanding yeah. of the rules yeah, so that, obviously so, that's so that thing is that's, yeah sorry for interrupting here but yeah but you're right that that's changed for this season uh so right. it's the kind of three the three referee panel so it's just changed for the season but you're correct that's exactly how it was until this, this right okay season. so so you've, you've got that incident there right and 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 that uh, i think the yeah, it should have been a red card at the time. So they've obviously retroactively upgraded it to a red in a three-match ban, and he's accepted that because obviously clearly it's it's a horrible challenge. Um, so that's that's one thing. How that can be redone, and then the decision for Ojo not to have his second yellow card rescinded um, for that incident a few weeks back, which you know was also against the United, coincidentally enough. But just the you know the mind boggles. It's like yeah, okay. That was a mistake, but that was also a mistake. But th- that's different because that was two yellow cards. You can't do anything about that. But this was a yellow card. I'm already turning it into a red card. That's okay. So it's I, weird, isn't it? Uh, You're just tying uh, yourself I, I, in knots. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see the logic there because you know, as much as yes, this should have been upgraded. I still feel that Ojo's yellow card should have been rescinded. That that should have been the that have been there have been some certain amount of justice in that as well. 
Um, and then Crawford Allen, the head of referees, has, has, hasn't spoken about refereeing decisions as far as I know. He hasn't come out and said anything about anything in years since he's had the job. And then he comes out this week or last week and says that, oh, yeah, the, the, the linesman got it, got it wrong for the um, for um, Kyogre's goal against Hearts. Um, well, he did. But it doesn't come – well, doesn't 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 come out and say anything about the Ojo the Ojo decision, which you know was a miscarriage of of justice, if you want to call it that, whatever yeah, term okay. you want to use. stays stays silent on that. Um, comes out and says that it's like it's an odd time to come out and 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 start saying, oh, the referees have have have, have made a mistake, or they've done this, or they've done that. I I, I just find it's a bit odd that that's the you know that's the time that he chooses to come out and. And and yeah. defend his referees, and then something about you know the drop ball situation with Jota getting injured and that, you know, that wasn't that wasn't done right either. And it's like, well, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't delighted, know. I just, delighted seems... to hear that Bobby Madden got absolutely panned by both Hearts and Celtic fans then uh, on that particular <laughs> occasion last week. I don't think I think he was getting I think he was getting ironic applause from both sets of fans. So well, he um, was also uh, well, he was also the referee that gave the second yellow to Ojo as well. So yeah, he's been he's been in the thick of it recently. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then yeah, I, and then obviously Nick Walsh missed this one again with Callum Butcher. So I just think the stand referee, and I, I've been thinking of this a lot, and I, I don't believe in conspiracies and all that sort of rubbish, but I, I do think the quality and the standard of the referee needs to improve. And I think you know the one way you do that is you make it a professional sport. So you say, look, if you want to be a referee, it's a full time job. Pay them appropriately. Make sure they're doing the necessary training. You know, reviewing them games, and I think they've got to look at a way of increasing the pool of referees because there just doesn't seem to be any consequences for bad decisions. It's the same eight referees that referee the same six or seven fixtures every week, so nobody drops out or drops in. Like it's, it's. There's no consequences to their actions if they do get it wrong. And I'm not saying one mistake's a hanging offence, but like if you make a couple of controversial or bad decisions in a couple of matches i kind of feel you should be you know you should be relieved of your duties for a few weeks just to show that like you know there is consequences um for 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 you know not doing that and the other thing is obviously bring in var and i think you know that would eliminate yeah i think that's on its way I think I think the Kelga thing would have been would have been on VAR. I think there's been a positive acceptance of it, and I think uh, touching on many of the points that you raise, I think that that's actually why it's moving in that direction. I, you know, I actually don't think the standard is that particularly bad or any worse than it's been to you know any years I, before. I have I, I have know. I have issues with consist- consistency, Richard. So I just feel that like a lot of games can get very stop start because you know they let some bad challenges go, but then they penalize little petty fouls. And I, I, I don't understand the, you know, like there's some bad tackles are going for both sides and some are more severely punished than others. I think you can accept referees missing things and not doing things that well, but it's when there's in- perceived or there is inconsistencies. I find that's when fans are upset and you get, you know, people talking about the referee when ideally the best games are the ones where you, the referee doesn't get a mention because the game plays itself sort of thing. But I just feel that it's, it's inconsistencies that are, that are killing it at the moment for me. Um, and, I, you know, obviously I watch Celtic games a lot and I just feel that sometimes the amount of protection that ball-carrying attacking players get in the Scottish League isn't isn't quite there. And I think the case in point was that, that tackle against um, David Tumble on, on, on Sunday night. 
So the bottom half of the table, Hibernian, uh, 16 games, 19 points. St Mirren, 17 games, 17 points. Livingston now on 16, having beaten Hibs last night. Dundee are out of the bottom two uh, with that win against uh, St Johnson and also the win against Hibernian. Oh, sorry, Motherwell. Uh, 16 points, 16. St Johnson, 15 points, 14 are now second bottom. Ross County still rooted to the bottom, uh, 11 points from their 15 games. Now, St. John's not going so well, but St. Mirren not going so well either. They get absolutely horsed by Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, Callum Davison's come out in the media the last couple of days and said that they plan to sign five players in the January window. So I think St. Johnson will just want to be remain in touching distance. Um, you know, I mean, you look at, the, look at that right now. I mean, two wins. So Ross County is sitting on 11 points. St. Mirren's on 17. So two two games and you write a look at both St. Johnson and Ross County have two games in hand over Livingston and St. Mern. So, you know, quite easily they could drag Livingston back in. And then you look two points more and Hibernian sitting in seven spots. So that bottom six, there's not much in that group. Obviously you'd expect Hibs to kick on and I'm sure they will, but definitely um, St. Johnston and Ross County, I'm not sure who those games in hands are against, but they're really going to want to be picking up some points so they don't lose any um, lose any gap there. Livingston have managed to string a couple of results together. Again, you wouldn't... Previously, last time we spoke about Livingston, you're thinking they're in trouble, but yeah, again, they, they've become the new Hamilton. They just seem to find a <laughs> find 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 a find a formula, find a way. Plastic a park, pitch of, where, a pitch of pit, plastic in a form of Teflon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they just and you know, David Martindale was just he can sometimes just nut out results that you think that aren't possible. Um, so yeah, I, 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 you know, I'd say Livingston would be in trouble. Um, uh, and yeah, I think that was that was my I think that was my tip at the start of the season. If I could, if I memory serves me correctly but um a lot a lot a lot still to happen i think a lot of it will depend on who brings players in in january for that second run in the second half of the season because you've got a real heavy run of fixtures up till christmas new year and then yeah that small winter break um and then it will just be interesting to see who comes back firing because it's all about momentum and runs if you can string three or four decent results together all of a sudden you're out the mire but three or four bad yeah. results and you're, you're, you're sucked back in again so it's a good um, competitive league by, from that account this this season uh, women's world cup qualifying uh, we're going to touch on this very briefly Scotland got absolutely thumped by Spain in Seville 8-0 yuck uh, on the back of a 1-1 draw against Ukraine at Hamden um, so that leaves them still in a reasonable position for qualification still second and uh, likely to be in a similar position to the men's team with a playoff uh, Spain look as though they're going to be the dominant team in that particular section um, I think we're going to avoid doing any tips this week because we're going to run out of time but all I wanted to say was that um, Rangers uh, fans just to let you know that if you're thinking about getting tickets for the Old Firm game on the 2nd of January that the Loudoun Tavern have been inundated with calls for the Celtic game yes they're open on a first come first serve basis uh, and that's what you get for not letting away fans into your stadium when they were coming to play for you. So there you go. Um, your final thoughts for the week, Anthony? Um, I, I listened to two really good interviews with uh, Ange Postacoglu. So one's on Open Goal. Um, so it was Slaney and um, oh, I can't remember his name. It me, but um, really good, very sort of lighthearted sort of interview. Um, and then there was another one with Jared Waitley, who is a, a media broadcaster here in Australia. 
Um, he's sort of served on a panel with Ange on ABC Insiders for a number of years. And that uh, was really, really good insight because Jared asked some very interesting questions around the his appointment to Celtic and what that initial period was like and and really quite insightful. Um, and like, you know, it was early morning for Jared and it was, you know, and uh, Ange was sort of tucked up in bed almost with his pyjamas on. And so it was quite, um, it was quite, quite two very interesting interviews. So if you're sort of a, a Celtic fan or an Ange fan, are you interested to hear more what he has to say there? I, I definitely check them out. So the Open Goal and the other one was at Sen, S-E-N Radio. It's on, they're on YouTube and yeah, worth a, worth a watch. Nice listen. one. We'll get a set up in the new year. We'll put all these links up so people can follow on. Uh, my final thought this week is if you haven't seen it, you really must try and look at the footage uh, of Blantyre Vicks versus Sol- uh, no, it was, it was Inverness, in, in, Irvin Meadow. There we go, Irvin Meadow. And uh, it, it really is one of these kind of classic moments in Scottish football. Now, the guy from Blantyre Vicks, um, in trying to retrieve a ball, takes out not one but two guys in their mid-shin, earning a second yellow card. But really the reason for mentioning it is the balletic roll after the tackle of both players as they hit the turf. It's actually almost like synchronised swimming. And you've got to see it. It's absolutely hilarious. It's not you had to be there a moment. It's on YouTube. We'll put the link up in the the blurb for our uh, pod for this week. Um... We'll try and run a special sometime this weekend or early in the next week because there's so much football going on, so many things to talk about. Anthony, thank you so much for making time to do this today. Uh, hope you guys are all good, all your listeners everywhere. Please do keep in touch. Let us know what you want to hear from us and give us a bit more feedback on the things that you want to talk about more. Thank you very much, Richard. Always a pleasure and we'll speak again soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.